0: The no. Hosanna everybody. Welcome to the Hills Campus this morning live. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Hey do me a favor take an extra sip of coffee for me if you will. That'd be awesome so that's so good and you might be eating a little biscuit, little pancakes, eggs. Husbands man fix that breakfast this morning for your wives and love on them this morning. It'll be an awesome thing for you to do. But we welcome each and every one of you live this morning with us uh, from the Hills Campus in Beverly Hills, Florida. So thank you for tuning in. We pray that God has a word for you and that he will no way oh, let me know when we're live Are you still chatting with people, honey? we down to Together reboot it. tell them that we lost the live feed and we're working on it. Oh, I didn't know it. if i known that would do that, I wouldn't have done it, so. Yeah. Huh. Now, did you reboot it? Like start a new live old segment? Oh. Okay, just let me know. Lord, just have your way, Jesus. Well, we just learned something there this morning. Good morning. Hills Campus, finally. Hey, listen, we just had a little glitch there for a minute, but we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, Don't give up on us, but listen, Hosanna. Hosanna to the Lord in the highest. Listen, welcome to the Hills Campus this morning. I trust that you're having a great morning this morning, and uh, do me a favor and take a little extra sip of coffee for me, if you will. We would appreciate that so much, but listen, welcome to everybody online. I pray that God has a word for each and every one of us this morning, and, uh, and we thank you, Hills family, for being here. Well, we thank you for all our guests who are tune- tuning in this morning, and we thank you for being with us this morning. And, uh, and listen, just draw a circle around yourself right where you're at for the next few few moments as we go into the Word of God, uh, that God would just speak into your heart and speak into my heart and speak into all our hearts this morning. Uh, we have such a thing going on. This is definitely like our third week of doing this live like this uh, in, uh, without an audience, And uh, but we, I know I have an audience in you. So thank you all for tuning in there. And so listen, this is, this is a great day. If you notice my palm branch right here, I pray that you accepted the challenge. And people put a palm branch on the front of the door of their house, kind of give a, t- a living testimony of, uh, to the community of where you live, uh, that this is Palm Sunday, and this is the beginning of our Passion Week. We're going to be celebrating Jesus. We celebrate in 365 days a year, amen? But listen, we're going to celebrate really specifically and definitively through this week. And so I just want to encourage you this week, we're going to do some, uh, some different things this week. Uh, i'm going to be uh, meeting with you online at noon every day this week uh, we're going to have a word and a prayer from pastor Phil at noon so make sure you turn in this week and uh, do that that'll be an awesome opportunity for us to connect with each other but most importantly connect with the lord jesus christ that 's what we want to do and on friday we're going to have a we're going to have a good friday we're going to celebrate the cross on Friday night at 7 p.m so you don't want to miss that so tune in Friday night at 7 p.m we're going to Celebrate the cross. We'll have a message for you that night and some uh, uh, individual songs, so it'll be awesome. So just join us on Friday night as we celebrate the cross on Good Friday. Amen. Well, listen, being that this is Palm Sunday, we know that Jesus is taking the triumphal entry ride up in, uphill into Jerusalem as he's going in there for his uh, final days before he goes to the cross. And so as he does this, I just want to kind of start it off. I want you to just kind of see and just watch this uh, little video for you.
1: set out for Jerusalem. Thousands were heading there for the festival of Passover. Barabbas. King of Israel, why don't you make us free? Save us from the Romans, Lord.
0: We come in peace, Barabbas. So here we are, it's Palm Sunday, and as you just observed, Jesus entering into Jerusalem uh, on this beginning of Passion Week. And so with that, I want you to get your pencil, your uh, pad together with your Bible. We're going to be going into the book of Matthew, chapter 21, and we're going to start in verse 1. And we're going to tell one of the stories out of the four Gospels. All four Gospels uh, record uh, this triumphal entry of Jesus going up into Jerusalem uh, for this final week, and uh, where he goes up, and, uh, and they hail him as a victory. And we're going to kind of learn a little bit about that. But before we get into the Scripture this morning, I just wanted to share with you a little bit about how you know all four Gospels share the message of the, pas- of, of, of the crucifixion. Uh, it's the Gospel. It's what it is. It's the Gospel. And many of the people in the world who don't know who Christ is, they will look at this book, and they'll say that this book is just a book. And that, that there's contradictions in it, that the four Gospels don't even align up, that it's different, that they're all different stories. And so, And so when it does that, you know, you go... Well, no, it is not. It isn't. And in fact, it's, it's, uh, praise the Lord, it seems like it's a contradiction because it actually verifies the truth and reality of the Scriptures. Uh, and so as we go into this this morning, I want you to think about these four Gospels and how important they are into the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so as uh, we go into it, the first three of those Gospels are called the Synoptic Gospels. Okay? What are Synoptic Gospels? I know that's kind of a big word for everybody. It's a, and let me spell it for you so you can write it down you can look it up later do some research on the synoptic gospels that's spelled s-y-n-o-p-t-i-c the synoptic gospels and listen the synoptic gospels are the first three books of the new testament matthew mark and luke right these three books plus john are called the gospels. so you get that That's the gospels what does the word gospel means it means That's right, good news. It's good news, everybody, because they chronicle the good news of Jesus' life, of his death and resurrections. This is the basis of our salvation is presented in these four Gospels. In fact, the Gospel of Matthew, check this out. The Gospel of Matthew was written by, that's right, Matthew, Matthew the Apostle. Matthew was one of the apostles. I love this. He was one of the 12 commissioned by Jesus. I love this. You know why? Because it's a firsthand eyewitness account. And that means so much to be, it's like being on the scene of an accident or something, and you're, you're an eyewitness, and when you go into the courtroom, your eyewitness account, Matt, you're an eyewitness account. And there were many, many firsthand eyewitness accounts throughout the scriptures, as we've learned through the book of Acts and various books in the Bible. So that's, it really should give you some real substance and assurance in your heart that the Bible is absolutely true from cover to cover. So the Gospel of Matthew, written by Matthew, one of the apostles, the Gospel Gospel of Mark, though, was written by John Mark. He is a close associate of the apostle Peter. And listen, this is kind of important about. It. Now, he wasn't a first-hand account witness, but listen, this is the same John Mark as we've been going through the book of Acts that actually journeyed with Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey. And when he did, remember the John that laughed and went back to Jerusalem while they went on to Galatia? This is John Mark. This is John Mark. He wrote the book of Mark. And so when you look at this, you go, wow, you know, look at this how they're connected with apostle Paul and Barnabas and here is Mark. And and he writes the gospel. So it's really kind of interesting. And then you have the gospel of Luke. And the gospel of Luke was written by what? None other than Dr. Luke, the physician. And he was a friend and a traveling companion of the apostle Paul, which is very interesting. So the first three gospels are called synoptic because, listen, they see together with a common, listen, view. They see with a common view. In fact, the word synoptic literally means Together sight. That's what it means. Matthew, Mark, and Luke cover many of the same events in the life of Jesus, most of them from Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And listen, in much of the same order, too. And nearly ninety percent of Mark's content is found in Matthew. And also and about fifty percent of Mark appears in Luke. All of the parables of Christ are found in the synoptics. All of them, every one of them. The Gospel of John contains no parables whatsoever. It's kind of an interesting fact. They are uniquely different, but they are uniquely interwoven the same. Never forget that, and there's a reason for that. There are differences, too. Matthew and Luke are both considerably longer than Mark. They are. Matthew was written for a Jewish audience. What was the Jewish audience looking for? They were looking for the King of Kings. They come and take them out of all this mess. So when you look at Matthew, in fact, when I look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I look look at it like a picture, a snapshot, if you will. And so when I do that, I look at Matthew written to the Jews, and they're looking for who? They're looking for a king, the king of kings, right? Matthew was written for that Jewish audience, looking for that king. Matthew quotes extensively from the Old Testament, and, and and is often used. Listen, at least 32 times the phrase "the kingdom of heaven" is used 32 times. Right? It is unique. It's not found anywhere else in the Bible. It's unique uh, to Matthew. So it's kind of interesting uh, facts there. Uh, Mark. Uh, was for a Roman audience. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. It was for the Roman audience because, listen, Jesus is depicted here as a suffering servant. What did the Romans do? They subjugated all of the the population underneath the Roman rule. And so here, Mark depicts Jesus primarily as a suffering servant. So Matthew is the king of kings. Mark is depicting Jesus as a suffering servant. And then we go to Luke. Luke is for the broader audience of all Gentiles, a Gentile audience, where he's depicted here as the Son of Man. If you remember, there was a first Adam, and there was what? A second or last Adam. And that was Jesus Christ. And he also, Luke, places a definite emphasis, listen, on Jesus Acts of compassion toward Gentiles and toward Samaritans. Toward humanity. Toward men and women like you and me. Jesus just really did. So he was the son of man as we see it in the book of Luke. And then John finally is a picture of Jesus as what? In his full glory, his deity as the son of God. That's how John depicts Jesus Christ. His deity as God the son. And any way you size it up, listen... Jesus came, right? And Jesus lived, Jesus taught, Jesus died, and Jesus what? rose again that we're going to be celebrating next sunday and so as we think about jesus sits at god's right hand even now as we speak even now as we're on live, even now as we're broadcasting jesus sits at the right hand of the father and it makes intercession for you and me and he's doing that even now this very instant he's doing that for you and i so as you're turning to the book of matthew uh chapter 21 let's go to the lord in prayer and let him fill our minds with his precious word father i thank you for the mighty name of jesus we know Jesus, there's no other name under heaven and earth by which any of us can be saved, save the name of Jesus. Lord, you came to seek and to save those that were lost. You come not to condemn us, but, Lord, to save us. That's why you came. You didn't come to condemn us uh, to eternity away from you, but you came with a specific purpose to save us. And, Lord, in this scripture, as Jesus takes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, this is what we see. The Savior is, is coming to the epitome of what he came here to do on this planet and be a suffering servant for each and every one of us on the cross. So, God, I pray, Lord, as we go into your word this morning, lord that you touch all of our hearts god that you would speak jesus for your servants are listening and father give us a word this morning save those that need to be saved this morning lord have we have recommitment lord of of life to to you jesus for those that maybe have fallen short of your glory and lord that they would repent of their sin and lord and and wipe themselves off and press on, uh, Lord, to try to reach the mark, the prize that Paul talks about in the Philippians of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Lord. And our goal is to be with you, Jesus, ultimately. But, Lord, our goal today in this place is to make much of you, Lord, to the world, to be saved and to let other people know who you are so they too would be saved as well. And so, God, I give you praise for this time this morning, this hour this morning. I give you praise for it all. Amen and amen. All right. Are you all ready? Buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Matthew chapter 21. We're going to start in verse 1 this morning. Follow along with me. His triumphal entry. He says, when they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples telling them, he said, go into the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you should say that the Lord needs them, and immediately he will send them. So two explanations here. Jesus is being all-knowing or omniscient that he is, right? Or, listen, he could have known about this, and he would have made arrangements ahead of time for these fellows to go get this donkey, right? And so, so we don't know what exactly happened there, but I kind of like the fact that in his humanity that he probably made prearrangements because it goes to show how he was fully human, yet he was fully God, right? And so we look at So Jesus is asserting his authority here as well in that last verse. If anyone sees anything to you and they should say that the Lord needs them. That's, that's asserting, Jesus is asserting his divine authority. And listen, and they, and they let those donkeys go. He says, everyone asks, just tell the Lord has need of them. And so we do that. Let's look at verse 4, though. He says, this took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Now, I want you to pay attention closely to the words of this scripture here in Matthew. Chapter, uh, verse 5 says, tell daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, the foal of a beast of burden." Now, this is a quotation that comes from the Old Testament Scriptures in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. In fact, let me read it to you. We'll have it up on the screen for you over here. It says, Rejoice greatly. Notice the difference between Matthew and look at Zechariah. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Look, it says, Shout in Triumph! daughter Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and he is victorious and he is humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, and foal of a donkey. Boy, there's a big difference in that verse in the Old Testament than in the one in Matthew. There are important omissions in Matthew. And here is why, and I want to point it out. Listen, that rejoice greatly and that shout in triumph listen, That is not happening here at this time when Jesus is going up to Jerusalem. He's not going in victory. He's not going in triumph. He is going to what? To the cross to die for the sins of the world. So listen to this. Think about this. Why? Because Jesus is not coming into Jerusalem for a time of rejoicing. He's not. He is headed to the cross for us. Think about that. That rejoicing is going to take place. Listen, that rejoicing that we're going to experience is going to take place at his second coming. When he plants his feet on the Mount of Olives and he establishes his millennial reign in his kingdom on the earth. That is going to be the real triumphal entry. And that's going to be an awesome time awesome time his true victory will be fulfilled also at his second coming his true victory right when he sets up his kingdom for his millennial reign as king of kings and lord of lords the conclusion is this his second coming will be the true triumphal entry of jesus christ when it's all said and done And he brings all of us with him that are his uh, believers. It is also assumed that our Lord was displaying meekness by riding on a donkey. Not really true. This little donkey would have been ridden by kings even in the past. In the ancient Middle Eastern world, leaders rode horses if they rode into war. You would go into battle with a raging horse and you'd go, right? But listen, when they would come home after the battle was won, they would get on a donkey. And, and, And this is why. Because the donkey's meant peace, and, and so they rode to war, but donkeys, if they came in peace, and that's what they would do. In fact, there's a passage of scripture that kind of alludes to that, uh, where it talks about Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 33, listen to what it says. The king said to them, take my servants with you, have my son Solomon ride on my own mule, and take him down to Gaon. In our day, it would be like riding to town in a Rolls Royce. Ever been in one? I haven't either. So anyway, but the donkey was the animal of peace, while the horse was the animal of war. That's that's exactly right. And so Jesus offered himself as king, riding on this animal of peace. In spite of the fact that he was doing that, the prophet says that he was humble. Let's look at verse 6. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and then they laid their robes on them. Isn't that something? That they would take their robes off, and they would lay it on that colt. And it says, and he sat on them. And a very large crowd spread their robes on the road. Man, that was a place of honor for Jesus as he was going uphill approaching the temple in Jerusalem. And so we see this here. And so and it says, there were, others were cutting branches like the branches I hear from trees and spreading them on the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed kept shouting this, kept shouting this, Hosanna, like our song of the being, Hosanna uh, to the Son of David. He who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna means save, please, please save. That's what the Hosanna means. It says salvation or thank you. That's what it means. Save, Lord. Save Jesus. Save us. Hosanna, the Son of David. He who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. Hosanna in the highest. Save, please, Jesus. Save us. And see, during that time, that's what they were looking for. The Jewish people were looking for salvation, but real quickly they forget. And so, you know, it, it makes you wonder about the sincerity of what they were doing. Jesus rides into Jerusalem as a king. Think about that. Those who are with him recognize him as a king on that particular time. Thus is their opportunity, listen, to either accept him or to reject him as king. This is their opportunity. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And see, and, 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 and so we look at this, so... So we also, listen, when he entered in verse 10, Jerusalem, it says the whole city was what? Shaken, saying, who is this? Who is this? And the crowds kept saying this, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And see here, Jesus forces Jerusalem, listen, to consider his claims in this one final moment. He wants them to consider his claims of who he is. He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, and listen to this, folks, is always and will be the victor. Jesus is already the victor. Jesus is the one that's planned. Jesus is the one that's orchestrating. Everything that's taken place is orchestrated and done by Jesus deliberately. Everything that happens to him, because his love for you and for me takes him through these many steps to get to the place where on Friday he suffers for you and for me and takes all of our sin. And so this is really important for us to see what's going on here. Jesus is not surprised by everything that is taking place here. And while people might have have a different meaning, and while they're shouting Hosanna, he's thinking something different. He's thinking about them and about salvation for each one of them, and prayerfully and hopefully... Uh, They would come to him for that salvation. Jesus has and is the victory. While he went to Jerusalem, how do we know? Listen, we know that one of the last miracles that are recorded in the book of John is this, that he performed was raising who? Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus from the dead as in John 11 if you like to look at that. It's a great story Listen, the very reason these folks are celebrating is because of the impossible miracles that he performed Why Jesus performed to prove that he said who he says he was the Messiah the king of kings the lord of lords He has the power of life and he has the power of death in his word Listen, listen Jesus God the Holy Spirit are all one three in one But at the same time, they're three separate personalities And so when we look at this, may no mistake about it, Jesus is God. He could call 10,000 angels down to rescue him, but he did not do it because he loves you and he loves me so much, so, so much. They would do that. So listen, brothers and sisters, we can no longer live, listen, with our heads in the ground, with our heads buried in the sand. Why? Look around. Look around what's happening. Look at the news, and you're sick of watching news, but look at the people that are dying all over the world. Look at the people that are desperate without hope in the world. Listen, there are people doing things they would not ordinarily do because they're scared and they're afraid because they're afraid to die. It's not that they're afraid from the disease. They're they're ultimately afraid of dying because a lot of these people have no hope in the world because they've never been introduced to Jesus Christ or they've ignored Jesus Christ and his message. And listen, it's up to us, the churches. It's up to you, all of us. We all are on mission to share the living, the love, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what the greatest week to do that is right now. I would get on Facebook. I would get a hold of my friends. I would talk to my neighbors. I would find every opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with every person you have in contact with. Put it in your mind to think about Jesus when you're talking to somebody and and pray and say, God, give me an avenue. Give me a fork in the road where I can take that step and make it a spiritual conversation so I can introduce people to Jesus. I want to challenge you this morning to do that. Do that. He is there. He is the victory, right? And listen, Jesus is coming back. This is why it's so good. The victory is ours. And when he comes back, like now, he means business. He ain't coming back no wimpy thing. When he comes back, the first time he comes back, he's taking the church out. And we're going to meet him in the air and be with him forever be. But that second coming, when he comes and plants his foot on the Mount of Olives, listen, we're going to be with him, and that's going to be an incredible thing. He's coming back in power. He's coming back in might. He's coming back in glory. And it's going to be an awesome time. And listen, we're going to see things we've never experienced before. We're going to hear things we've never heard before. We're going to experience things that's going to be unfathomable, what we're going to see and be part of. And I'm so excited to be there, aren't you? There is a hope. There's beyond hope. And Let me tell you this earth is not the hope jesus is the hope and he's in heaven And that's where jesus wants us to be So I want to encourage you this morning to think about jesus is coming back Listen, there are wars and there are what rumors of wars. You look at matthew 24. It says that Earthquakes, right? Remember last week utah idaho they had an earthquake up there, right? And listen, you know what I what I thought about this is the first thing I thought about when I heard about that earthquake For Some reason I think god just put it in my spirit he said, You know what? He said, If you don't praise me, and he told this uh, uh, in one of the Gospels, if you don't praise me, he said, What will happen? He said, The rocks will cry out and praise me. How, well, how are rocks going to praise Jesus? Hey, I think an earthquake is one way they do because I'm sure that rumbling makes a lot of noise if you've ever been in an earthquake. There's a lot of noise when all those rocks are being heaped up, right? So a lot of noise, the rocks are crying. Listen, we must cry out. You must cry out. Man, we must not give opportunity for the rocks to cry out. You and I should be crying out to God even now, even in this time, God has put us back and put us alone and isolated us from friends and family and events and work, in some cases, some of you. And Lord, and he's put us out here to pray, to pray, to pray for others, to pray, pray for our medical field, pray for nurses, pray for doctors, pray for those police officers, pray for uh, EMS, pray for people who are sick, pray, just pray, 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 and just get alone with God and just be still and speak to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, listen, there's earthquakes that would rocks are crying. I said, pestilence in the land of Africa. The other day I was reading how they're just, they got a real problem with locusts down in Africa. Millions and millions of locusts are eating their crops, eating all kinds of stuff, just like the plagues of Egypt. It's amazing, and it's happening, right? Folks, things that were preached about 50 years ago by faith like social media, right, is now, listen, being preached by fact and experience. We are reaching the four corners of the globe on social media. Even today, we're reaching. We're reaching everywhere, all over the world, and every church that's preaching, and every pastor that's speaking, and, every, and they've, all, they've all gotten their social media act together, and they're proclaiming what? Jesus, the Messiah, and what a great week to do that. And so we're doing that. And so the four corners of the globe are being covered and smothered with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just love that. I just think that's awesome because that just tells me the time is coming near for his return for his children. The time is coming near when the tribulation starts. The time is coming near when Jesus will set up his, his millennial, his thousand-year reign on the planet Earth. And the time is coming near for that judgment to take place in all persons' life. And so, listen, we need to be ready. We need to get our family ready. We need to get friends ready. We need to get people ready all over the globe. Listen, he is where our help comes from. He supplies everything that we have. And so I want you to turn to Matthew 24. We're going to take a little detour here. I want you to go to Matthew 24, starting in verse 36. And I want to talk about, I'm kind of briefly mentioning these last days, I'm, and we talked about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I want you to say, I want you to say, I heard somebody the other day talk about, hey, he ain't coming until it gets in like the days of Noah. So I wanted to bring that scripture out about the days of Noah. His word says, listen, in the last days it's going to be in our land like in the days of Noah. And as you look around, and if you know the story of Noah, I think you can kind of see it. A very, very, very interesting parallel between what's going on. Look at Matthew 24, starting in verse 36 through 39. This is about the second coming of Jesus, all right? Don't get this mistaken with the rapture. This happens after the rapture. We'll be gone, but he comes back with all of us. And it's going to be an incredible, incredible time. It says, Now concerning that day and hour, listen, no one knows, neither angels in heaven nor the sun, except who? The Father only. Only God knows. Even Jesus himself doesn't know. It says the angels will not know the hour of Jesus' coming. Everyone, listen to this, everyone in our day, will try, they try to figure it out. When is Jesus coming back for his church? When is Jesus coming back with the second coming? People are always trying to figure it out right? There's books written about it. There's people preaching about it. There's people, false prophets out there saying that Jesus is coming back tomorrow or tonight, and they set dates, and we watch these dates go on by. Nobody knows, not even Jesus knows the hour he's coming back for us, or he's coming back to set up his second kingdom. So it's really an amazing thing for us. Listen, look around, folks. Listen, everyone, even in our day, we try to figure out, listen, look around the in the world. Listen, open our eyes. Can we not see what's happening? Can we not see what's happening in the world? Can we not see the pestilence that's going on in Africa? Can we not see the plagues that's striking people and and it's spreading so fast and it's hurting people and it's killing people and families and friends? And listen, man, it's here. It's upon us. God is giving us a warning. I believe he's giving us a huge warning right here. And we need to take it to heart. We need to take it to heart. We just need to open our eyes and look around. Listen, Don't we not see, right? Look at verse 37. He says, As in the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. Well, how will that be? Well, Christ will come in a day like the days of Noah. So what does he mean by that? What does he actually mean? He said the days of Noah were characterized by gross immorality. Man, there was gross immorality taking place on the world during Noah's time. Gross. Not unlike today. Listen, people, listen, folks, listen. This is what they were doing. There were people even back then exchanging the natural for the unnatural. They were doing that. They were doing it just like they do today. Listen, listen, you have men who are sleeping with men. You have women sleeping with women. You got our children also confused. They are so confused they have no clue what their sexual orientation is. And that's a shame. That should never be. That's the devil. That's not God. God designed it specifically, male and female. His word teaches us that. And, Lord, and our physical attributes demonstrate that. There's no mistake in that. And, it's so, and, and, and the thing is, the world has gotten so confused. I just, I just really hate it. Much, listen, people living like God doesn't exist. This is exactly what we're seeing. Just like in the days of Noah, people were living like God didn't exist. And listen, we'll look at this. And listen, I literally had a young couple I met one time. We were over at Disney World, and I met a young couple on the monorail, and they had a little, uh, they had a little boy who was in a stroller, right? And I went up to him and I said, hey, little buddy, how you doing? His parents immediately shot back and he said, don't call him little buddy. He doesn't know what sex he is yet. We haven't told him what sex he is yet. or He hasn't made up his mind what sex he is. And I'm thinking, brother, when are you going to tell him, right? And that's sad that we have come where we have come to in our absence of a holy God in our life. We become our own gods. We determine our own destinies that we think we determine our own destinies. And we do. Listen, Jesus doesn't send anybody to hell. Jesus designed hell. Hell was designed for the demon and, 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 and for Lucifer and his angels and his demons. It wasn't designed for us. But yet, listen, we choose to go to hell when we deny the existence of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When you make that decision, and you don't decide for Christ as your Savior, then you choose for yourself which way to go. God has made it perfectly clear that he sent his only begotten Son into the world for each and every one of us. This whole week celebrates the very fact that God loved us so much to send his only begotten Son. And listen, I beg you, I beg you, research it, check it out, read the Bible, research the Word of God, research it, research it, and let God speak into your heart. And the first thing you have to do is you have to get saved. And in fact, you're not even going to understand the Word of God unless the Spirit of God is in you. And that happens first when you receive Jesus as your Savior. And he shed his blood, he died on a cross for you and for me. And you've got to receive that as a free gift. That's where it all begins. So let God's Holy Spirit speak to your heart right now. And if he's squeezing your heart, listen, don't delay. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. And he will do just that just like I'm standing up here preaching, he'll forgive you right on the spot and he will get the scales off your eyes and help you to see the eternal truth of the precious word of God that gives us life everlasting and teaches us how to live our life as a Christ follower, right? so I'm forever saved, but I'm also forever following Jesus. That's what I do. And that's what he wants you to do as well. And so it's so important, you know. And I saw that. I thought about in Genesis 6, verses 5 through 6, when the Lord saw that man's wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every scheme his mind thought was of nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Listen, the Lord Lord, and his coming will be like that in the days of Noah. It will be like a thief. And I, it's going to happen, and, and, and things are going to happen. Verse 38, it says, for in those days, listen to this, and you'll like this, for in those days before the flood, what were they doing back when Noah was building the ark? They were eating, and they were drinking. Right? So, God mentioned they were eating and drinking. There's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with eating. I mean, look at me. I like to eat. I like to drink. That's it's good. I mean, drink uh the right kind of liquids but i i love i love it you know god gives us that so he says we are told in the bible that whatever we do listen whether we eat or whether we drink he says, listen he said do it all to what to the glory of god that's in 1 Corinthians, listen, 10.31 he says that. He said, but in that day, back when Noah was busy working on that thing and preaching them about what was going to happen, listen, it says they were, listen, these folks were not eating and drinking to the Lord. They were living as if God didn't exist. No matter how much Noah may have warned them, and, and he did, and he warned them. i mind you, he warned them. But listen, they were eating and drinking, and they had no thoughts about who Jesus was. They had no thoughts about thanking the Lord. It reminds me of a little boy, a little boy who uh, got invited to a family's house to eat supper, and he had never been invited to someone's house for supper before. And so this little boy was raised uh, with Christian values and a Christian home, and so he was so excited. He he got all dressed up, all doctored up, looking nice and everything, and he went over to his neighbor's house where he was invited He went down he sat down around the table and the whole family was there and the food smelled good. The food looked good. Everything looked good. And so the little boy stood right there. He was ready to dive into it. So he took his hands and folded his hands and he bowed his head and he bowed his head and he was waiting for somebody to pray. But he kept hearing all this noise, right? He kept hearing this noise and he looked up. And everybody was digging in. They were all digging in. And he said, hey, 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 isn't somebody going to pray? Isn't somebody going to pray? And they were like, no, we, we don't pray. We don't pray for we eat. We don't do that. He goes, well, you just, you, you just dive in just like my dogs do, you know. And so I got thinking about that. I said, man, listen, there are too many people in this world today have no thought of God. Think about this for a minute. No thoughts of God. In our day, people come to the table, maybe two, maybe three times a day. Amen? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Listen, they receive a meal from the hand of God. They receive a meal from the hand of God three times a day while millions of people around the globe are starving to death. And believe me, there are people right now who are hurting and starving, starving to death. And then they never think, listen, we never think of thanking God for their food. In the future, listen, maybe even this coming day, maybe this very hour, we are all on the verge of the coming of Jesus Christ, make no mistake about it. He could come at any moment, at any hour, and we have to be ready. And listen, and we'll be living as, as though it never took place. There are people that are going to live when Jesus comes back as if, as, as if they're not even looking for him. He's not, like, like he's not even coming. And listen. And it says in verse 38 also in the days of Noah that they were doing what? They were marrying and giving in marriage. Until the day Noah boarded the ark. Listen, they were marrying and giving in marriage. The Lord is not saying marrying is wrong. He never says marrying is wrong. God's point was that they rejected so completely God's warning through their prophet Noah that they went ahead and had their weddings anyway. They had them anyway. And right up to the last day that Noah entered the ark. And they lived as if God did not exist. That's the way they lived. And look, what the Bible says in verse 39, it says they didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. They had no clue. And then God shut the door of the ark, and all the people of the world perished except for Noah and his family and the animals that were on board. The Bible says they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. It will be that very way, Jesus. Listen, folks, if you don't know Jesus, one day, an hour, you think not. Make no mistake about it. He is coming. Ready or not, he is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to stand in the presence of royalty? Are you ready to stand in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God? I hope you're ready. Listen, no, believe. Put all your hope, your trust in Jesus. Especially when we look at these uncertain times that are around us and we're isolated from each other. And it's amazing what's going on in the world. This is something we've never experienced before in our lifetime. And so this is all, like, new to us. And it's something different. And Jesus, as like Deneen and I said a few weeks ago, Jesus has, God has pumped the brakes on the world. And he has slowed us all down deliberately, I think, to, for us to heed his final warning before he comes. And I think that he wants us to stand up and listen and get, get, get underneath The word get underneath the cross and listen and be saved and know jesus as your savior today So it's so important for that. He's providing that opportunity Even now he's providing that opportunity listen those that call yourself christians. Listen. Are you truly ready? Are you anticipating jesus's return or are you going to and fro just like the rest of the world? Listen without any hope of life because you truly have no hope It's something to think about this morning. Listen kings rode on the backs of donkeys signifying greatness and honor, being a conqueror for having victory in the battle. This is why they come in on the donkeys. Listen, killing thousands of people, men, women, and children and when the victory was theirs, they would get on that donkey when they finally returned home and they would come at a peaceful time and they would celebrate and they would be honored for the wars that they won. Listen, countries have been fighting and killing each other for years. Since the very beginning of time it's been taking place. Listen, it didn't just start halfway through the world's existence listen world war has been happening ever since the beginning of mankind it has ever since the fall in the garden man had had a hard time getting along with man and so we see that wars to conquer listen other less powerful why because they could so they can come listen and ride into the city on the colt and say they are victors they're the mighty warriors and they won they conquered listen folks this palm sunday is so so different what we're seeing with Jesus is so different than the kings of the Old Testament, the kings of the past. It's so much different. And I don't want you to miss this. He comes, listen, Jesus comes in not killing as in a battle between opposing nations and people, but listen, he came to win the battle over death. He didn't come to kill, he came to give life everlasting. That's why Jesus came. And that's why you need to know Jesus is your Savior. He came. He was a peacemaker. He came to seek and to save all of us that are lost and deliver us from the death and the final death to give us hope and life for all eternity. So I want you to think about that when we when when we look at this scripture and we think about today and what today meant. Listen, while men all over the all over the globe seek to destroy life and count the dead of their conquest, listen, Jesus, the hope of glory, came to raise the dead. He did that back to everlasting life. The Bible says that Jesus defeated death, he defeated hell, and he defeated the grave. And listen, he's riding the donkey even before the battle began. He's riding the donkey before it even takes place, before he even goes to the cross, he's riding the donkey. It's amazing what Jesus does. My friends, I would much recognize someone who raises people from death to life than kings and kingdoms who are recognized for slaying thousands upon thousands of people. Trust in Jesus. Know Jesus is your Savior. You need to. Our King Jesus is honored on the back of a donkey because He alone has the power over death. He alone can raise men, women, boys, girls from death to life. And I tell you today, and I will tell you every day, that the voice, that 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 the only voice of the Savior Jesus can raise a dead sinner to life, like you. If you're a sinner, listen, Jesus' voice right now being spoken into your heart will raise you to everlasting life. You have to ask him into your life. You have to do that. Man, listen, from eternal to eternal life, and now see, that's worth shouting what? Hosanna, right? And you need to shout Hosanna. Lost person, listen, shout Hosanna, which means please save me. Save us. Save me, Jesus. Save me. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. So today, as we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, I want you to think about your life right now. Those of you that are watching online and you're in your homes, listen, you've heard the Word of God this morning. Where do you stand? Are you ready to meet your Savior face to face? That's my heart's cry for you. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Jesus, this week as we go through the Scriptures, as we talk every day about the different life of Jesus and what this week meant for him, Listen, it's all about what it's meant for us. Everything that Jesus did meant for us to look into a loving Savior who unselfishly laid his very life down on a cruel cross, a criminal's cross, and he was nailed to that tree. And he was nailed for my sin, all of my sin, all of my past sin, my present sin, and my future sin. And listen, he was nailed on that cross for all of your sin too. All you have to do is receive him by the faith that you have. Trust Jesus as your Savior today. Allow him to come into your heart and to rescue you from your hopelessness. He is the hope beyond all hopes. Listen, this old preacher boy can't save you. No preacher can save you. No person on the planet Earth can save you. Only Jesus, the loving Savior, can save you. And he came to this earth, the perfect Son of God, without sin, to take your sin on his body. And next Friday when we celebrate the cross, listen, we're celebrating the fact that our sin was on his cross, on him, on the cross. And then on the third day, he overcomes death, hell, and the grave. And he overcomes our sin. He took our sin. He who knew no sin became sin so that you and I would be in right standing with the Father. Ask him into your heart today. Listen, I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. I can't pray you into heaven. I can't say a prayer that will save you. But I can help lead you on maybe what you need to say. And listen, mean it from the sincerity of your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my heart right now. Jesus, I listen to what Brother Phil say about Jesus. I believe that he died on that cross just for me. And I accept Jesus as my personal Savior this very day. Lord, I want to repent of my sin, which means I want to turn away from all my wrongdoing. And, Lord Jesus, I want to chase you with all my heart. I ask you, Jesus, to save me this very instant. Come into my heart and save me today. I give you praise, Jesus, for touching my heart today. For my Christian brothers and sisters, Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, the day is coming. It's quickly, fast approaching. And who are the ones that, God, that you lay on our hearts that need the message of the gospel? that I need to stand up and ask you to forgive me of my laziness or, or maybe not wanting to say something or maybe not praying enough or whatever the case may be. Get it right with God, you know. Get it right with him right now. Listen, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Listen, confess it. 1 John 1, 9 to the believers says that very thing. Ask Jesus, listen, confess your sins, and he's faithful always and just always to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all your sin isn't that beautiful man do that with me right now father i thank you lord for those that are watching online i don't know who's all out there but god you know you know who tuned in and it's not by accident it's divine and i pray lord jesus that you do your perfect work in and through their life right now lord as they ask you to come into their heart and to save them Lord, we thank you for saving them. We know it's a free gift. We know we can't earn, we can't merit any good thing to get to heaven. Lord, it's grace upon grace. And God, that you gave it freely, all we got to do is receive it. And it's that simple, believe it or not, it's that simple. Just receive it. Say, Jesus, save me today. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead for me. I put my full faith and trust in you this very moment in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just thank you for everybody that's out here. Lord, protect all of us from the virus. Protect all of us and our families from the virus, wherever our families might be. Protect us, Lord, from the evil one. Lord, we would just want to rebuke this virus in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. That you touch all of our family members, all of our friends. Lord, help us. Protect us from this sickness. And, Lord, help us, Lord, as you answer these prayers to protect us. Lord, help us to be diligent to share your testimony and our testimonies of how you changed our lives to a lost and dying world. Lord, that's without hope. Help us to be the salt and light to the world that needs Jesus so desperately. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for all that you're doing, God. Use us for your glory, and we give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. And listen, if somebody out there received Jesus as Savior, hey, listen, just just throw a little comment on our page, and we'd love to rejoice with you uh, we would love to be able to get up with you and let you know what you need to do next. And listen, our our, our our Hills Campus folks, listen, if there's anything that you need or if you know of a need that somebody might have, Lord, let us know so that we can uh, be a help to somebody else and be the hands and feet of Jesus to serve other people. Not just our own crowd, but anybody that we see that may need help. So God, use us for your glory. And uh, we just pray, God, that you just go with us now. And Lord, and just help us to, to be excited, Lord, that. that triumphal entry you coming into jerusalem lord uh, lord i know it weighed heavy on your heart jesus and uh, and uh, we know that this week lord as we just get along with you and meditate on you god you just speak to our hearts this week and draw us even closer to you jesus and lord as we look for your return at any moment in jesus name and all god's people said what amen hey i'll see you tomorrow at noon all right don't forget Love you. God bless you. We'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here.